Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Welcome back to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast. This are your host, Elena, and we have Justin on with us. We're so excited for another Q&A episode to dive back in. I feel like it's been a little bit since we've recorded because we batch recorded a few episodes so we didn't record at the end of last week. So I'm really excited to share some information to hear from Justin and to just get to speak with you guys a little bit more today. So hi, Justin, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And I'm excited because I did solo record a couple of episodes. So it'll be nice to have someone speaking back to me on the subject for today's Q&A. Yeah, I hope I'm a, a good conversationalist today. Elena, I've, I've got a pretty heated topic that I'm fired up about. So I'm looking forward to talking about it, obviously. So awesome. Well, um, I'm to dive into the conversation. And if you're ready, I'll go ahead and give you the question so that we can get started. All right. What are the things that deteriorate leadership in a hierarchy? All right. This is going to go against a lot of things, and I'm going to probably upset a lot of people on the podcast when I say some of the things I'm going to say on the podcast, but I am going to base things off of not only some of the consulting I do, but the businesses I run, the vendors I work with, and the companies I see, or even the large companies I see. And um, I honestly, and it is, it's even happening in my own companies on a regular basis suddenly, is suddenly we've gone to such an open forum in our companies for information that we've literally flattened our organizations in such a way that the leadership structures don't exist. And I get the point of it, and I do, but if you look at the efficiency see numbers and the profitability of your models when you flatten an organization and there's no responsibility and there's no accountability and you do think people are getting work done. And it's great that you think five hours a day is still the same as getting eight hours a day done for this employee who works at home. But I don't know how to explain to everyone that you need leadership, you need hierarchies, or businesses don't grow and they don't survive. Okay, so it's not a matter of whether or not this works now, or this is the greatest trend, or let's everyone have a voice in our organization. If everyone has a voice in the organization, great. But if everyone thinks their voice is a leadership voice and the way the company should be led, then you don't have a company. Because everyone's voice should matter, but respect the leadership of the hierarchy. And if your opinion or your idea is not heard, and you continue to voice it and you continue to go around to people. That's one of the examples we're going to talk about today, which is how do you eat around, how do you eat at a company's leadership, which ultimately eats at a company's culture, which ultimately causes a company to go bankrupt. Doesn't matter how good the widget is, doesn't matter how good your service is. If you start eating away at the hierarchy and the leadership structure of your business, you will no longer have a business. 
And I am telling you not only from experience and some of the businesses I've had, but in the business I consult for and what I am seeing more and more in the world as more and more people come out of business school and out of schooling with this idea of leadership and management and the hierarchy and these new ideals. And they're all great. And I agree with them. And I love new ideas. But the problem is, at the end of the day, you still have to have a leader who's a visionary enough to get the job done. It's generally sometimes two people. I haven't seen it very often. Even if there's two business partners, there's one visionary, one reality-based person. Um, but in businesses or traditional businesses, since the majority of the people that are probably listen to this are not entrepreneurs, your CEO is your leader. And in your hierarchy, very quickly, if you start to disrupt the hierarchy, you start to cause problems, they will find ways to get rid of you in an organization. A healthy organization that sees an employee starting to eat away at a leadership structure, even if it's a flat structure, will really quickly figure out a way to exit that employee, whether they know it's for that reason or not. But the larger, the more organized, the more day-to-day, -day, the more microscopic the routine, the more people will notice an employee's off the beat or not working or rowing the same direction. And that's if companies allow those type of employees to go on, they become unhealthy companies. And unhealthy companies allow that leadership structure to be eroded at. Um, that meaning, what do I mean? That means there's three ways to do it. One is insubordination, obviously. The second one is saying you're going to do a task and never do it. The third is in an open forum, when you're given the chance to talk about something, instead of talking about it, then you go around and talk about it behind everyone's back. And the fourth one, and the, the fourth one is probably the most important one, but it's not the last one, is gossip. Gossip about other people, about other companies, about people in other companies or vendors. That's the other one. And then lastly, lastly, it's, it's, it's the way that we hire in a company. And when we hire, you want balance in a human and the problem in a leadership structure that if you're a leadership based company or even a family based company like we are oh actually there's probably a six now that i just said it but the fifth one is that people don't respect leaders decisions once they're made and years later they're still talking about how they would have made a different decision and when you look backwards all the time and you disrespect a leader's decision you can never move forward. And let and I'm going to flip this. And number six is important because we often think of if you're in a family business, the family hierarchy is the business hierarchy and leadership. It's not. But also the interesting part is, is that in our families, the way we lead and we have open communication, we often think that that's what belongs in a work environment that my opinion should be heard until the end of the day because it's my opinion, my voice matters, and I'm an individual, and it matters. It is crazy to me. I agree with that, but in reality, 
none of us function without a team. We can't accomplish something. I can't build anything. It would take me forever to build a house by myself. Just saying forever. I don't even know how I would hoist the stuff up or carry two things. So let alone, I at least need one person. So I'm going to have to lead it, especially if it's the vision of my house. And so here's the things that we go through. One is we need to take responsibility for the part that we do as individuals in eroding leadership, whether it's in our governments or in our companies or in our homes, we all do it. And we erode each other's character. We erode each other's ability to grow and to have safe places to grow when we don't have leadership structures. When there's not something to strive for, we all become mediocre and everyone's like, oh, it's great. We're happy. And don't we just want to be happy? Isn't that the whole point of life to pursue happiness? Yes and no. I would say that if we ultimately pursued ultimate happiness, I don't know if our species would survive, if you really think about it. So there has to be structures in place, laws, hierarchies, leadership structures. And in order for those structures to have function or power, we have to preserve them in our mind. Boundaries, borders, all of that stuff is human created. Earth is the earth regardless of our boundaries regardless of our states, regardless of what citizens live where, regardless of what language we speak. Okay, so the reason we put leadership structures in place or in countries or create leadership structures for the human mind to function in is because we can't move forward without leaders. But if there's sub leaders or insubordinate quote unquote people that say they're leading, for the right of the company or doing it because they think their opinion matters. It does matter. But once a leader has made a decision, like you have to respect the decision or you erode the hierarchy. It's a weird thing. And I know people are like, oh, I'm just going to finally go over the bridge. No, you can choose to work for that leader or not. But to, but if you want to succeed and you want the people around you to succeed, arguing with that leader or Doing it in front of people or whatever you're going to do in front of that leader is not going to keep a leadership structure in place, especially if you so happen to now be the rabble rouser and you end up being the leader, you've just created an unstable leadership structure for you now to step on. And then you'll wonder why they don't respect you and you can't lead them because you created that environment. It's so funny to me. These The leaders that want to rise up in a company, they do nothing but hack down the decisions of those above them. And then they call themselves leader. That is not a leader. Judging someone else's leadership decisions doesn't make you a leader. It doesn't make you a good person. It certainly doesn't make you a better person. Judging people making criticism of people and doing it from distances when you're not willing to do it yourself or you're not in that position is cowardly. You're not doing it. You're not willing to do it. You're not in that position. How can you rip apart that position or that human or that leadership structure because your feelings are hurt? or you disagree with what they had to say, or you had something happen to you as a kid that rubs you the wrong way that works at work. Trust me. 
I find it very hard to trust leaders and people in, in respective positions. I was taken advantage of and molested by someone who did that. So I understand it. So I, of all people, should be the last person saying, have respect for your leaders and trust them. I should be the most suspicious person on the world because I will tell you, still to this day, 80% of the people that I have been led by haven't done well by me or did right by me or helped me in the ways that I need help for. Not their fault. They were Some of them were trying to do their best. Most of them were just couldn't get out of their own way and their own selfish goals instead of driving a human or developing a human. That's just the way it is. You know, so if you want a leadership structure, one, the minute you use I in a leadership structure, you're screwed. And here's the problem. In society, in today, in therapies, in couples, everyone's taught to use an I statement. I, my feelings, so you don't miss put something on someone else. However, at work and in a leadership structure, it's the opposite. And you don't put blame on other people, but you have to put everything else on them, delegate to them, lead them, inspire them, motivate them. And if you're a person that goes around undermining or talking trash or didn't like the lecture of the day or don't like the leader or don't like what the leader's decisions are, that's good. That means you should be learning on how you want to lead. But to go after someone else's leadership structure or leadership ability or decisions that they're making in that leadership position in front of people is wrong. I'm not saying don't have an opinion. I'm not saying go behind a closed door. I'm not saying if you want to free the, the free willy, go out and free willy. I obviously believe that, but I also know that in my life and in my structure, that the minute I have started letting in disruptive leadership, that's what I'm going to call it, into our organization, I am paying for it right now. I am paying for allowing too many people to have too many leadership responsibilities when they were not ready for it. And I gave those people leadership responsibilities in some cases because they were saying how other people weren't leading and they would lead better and this was their idea. Here's the funny thing about those people. The people that complain about other people's leadership styles or other people's leaders never shut up about other people's leaders, no matter how high they get up in the hierarchy. And once they can't lead anyone, anyone, there's no one to complain about leading them, then all of a sudden, everyone they lead is the problem. And I hate to say it, and if you're one of these people and you're a is a huge problem. And in American businesses in particular, and the trends that we're going on, we have less and less respect for hierarchy and leadership. We have less and less respect for people's choices in a business, yet we're supposed to be freer humans. We, we fight with people and we make it personal. That's not leadership. You can argue ideas and you can have intellectual conversations, but I in my life have never seen a world like I've seen over the last four years. And they're grown adults, 50 years old, playing this game now. They've all caught on to the toxicity. Let's just go after the person and not the argument. Let's go after the person. 
and not the argument. That is the world we live in, and it's eroding our leadership. I, I, seriously, I can't have a, con a conversation with half the people in my organization about like, okay, let's talk about this. You do really great at this. Let's work on this. You do really great on this. The sandwich model, it doesn't work in the world anymore because we're allowing this where I don't have to take criticism. And not only don't I have to take criticism, but you insulted me and you hurt my feelings with your criticism. So I should personally fucking attack you. And then everyone's like, oh, Justin, why do you get so pissed when someone attacks you? Because I'm not the fucking guy you want to fucking attack. It's just the way it is. I'm sorry, you don't, you want a different person? I'm not the person. I told everyone in the world, this is my leadership style. I hold a hierarchy. I don't believe in, in subordination. That's what it is, right? But I still have it in my organization. So I'm, I'm not doing great at I'm sure there's other people being like, oh my God, I'm scared of this. How do I step up with it? You're not alone. But Jesus Christ, if you're going to be a person that's going to go out there and lead, you cannot disrupt the leadership structure on your way up the ladder because you're breaking every step along the way. And it's sickening to me. It's sickening to me, like these patterns, and it's my fault. Like I did this to myself. I opened up this leadership door in my life by doing this podcast and doing the thing in the Centurion Battalion. And now it's like, okay, like we can lead, we can do better, we can coach, we can talk about these positive and being positive all day long. But it's interesting sometimes how the people that say are the most vocal about leadership are actually the ones that are causing you the most problems. What is it that a leadership structure really is? You know, and sorry, Elena, I'm doing a lot of talking, but one of the things I want to talk about is you want to know a way to surely crush your leadership structure. Think you deserve to be followed because the position that you're in thinking you're owed leadership or people to follow you because the structure you're in. I have been there. I understand it, but it erodes leadership structure. And so I'm obviously very fired up. Elena's like, oh my gosh, where do I go in here? But I, I really encourage everyone where you are in your business or who you are, or if you're in a business that's not doing this, that is suffering from this and the leaders are eroding away at it, it's a sure sign your business is going down the tubes. Like I know that it doesn't matter what the financial statements stay good or bad to me. When I have this going on in my organization, I know if I don't fix this quickly and I don't fix it hard and I'm not somewhat of an asshole because I have to do it so quickly that we're going to lose our business because it will erode the culture and erode the environment and it's already starting to do it. And the minute that happens, people stop working as hard. People start make, mixing more work. People think that they're more important than the people around them, which great. Yes, I, me, I get it in the world we live in. He, she, it, him. But you know what's actually more important is that everyone you work with can depend on you, that you do your job so they can all put food on the table. So as a whole in humanity, we're all can survive. And it's just insane to me, this mentality, like we don't stop for a second and realize how good we have it.
We have medicine. Most of our children live. It used to be most of our children died before 18. Now it's they live, if not 100%. We have this world where we're guaranteeing our children's survival and we have all the resources, all the time, all the things to be better humans, to reach a better world, to, to not only appropriate and make sure our kids are okay, but make sure the future is okay. But what we do with our day-to-day lives, we tear each other down. We tear apart leadership structures because we don't like them, our feelings are hurt. We tear them down because our, my father did this to me as a kid, or this happened to me as a kid, and we don't deal with our past. You erode humans when you do that and you don't deal with your side of the street. You erode the people around you. I'm using that word, it is a very strong word, but when you don't grow yourself and you don't better yourself, just as much as you may positive influence people, and if you don't work at those things that are eroding your character or eroding who you are, or eroding because of what happened to you as a kid, you are eroding the people around you. And it's blunt and it's to the point. I just don't know how any way to do it anymore because I've tried the soft stuff. And, you know, there was the butterfly and rainbows back in the day and people actually like, like the Santa Claus. Yes. Whatever we can call what is, but if there is a point of believing in yourself and believing in a better future and believing in a better world and taking the actions behind it, And then just sort of waiting there and allowing for someone else to lead or God to do the work or whatever religion you believe in to do the work. And in the process of it being everyone else's responsibility, it gives us permission to talk gossip and negatively about everyone. We don't realize it. Oh, if it's God or if it's not my fault or it's whatever, that releases me of any responsibility or character obligation. Now I can freely talk shit about someone because whatever, I've released myself of it. It's ridiculous. I can't believe we do this as humans. It's this crazy pattern. And we should be all Renaissance men and women. We should be the top of the top. We should be the healthiest, fittest, strongest, awesomest, smartest, most intelligent generation to ever exist. We should be. We don't die. We have the best chance of getting the best of the best. We We live long lives. And in those long lives, if we're eroding leadership or structures instead of building them up since we live longer or we're guaranteed to live longer or guaranteed to have a larger impact, why erode leadership everywhere? In our governments, in our homes, shit with our spouses. I mean, how many people are in a home right now where they erode the leadership of their spouse or the, their, the credibility of their spouse. How many in front of their children? I mean, I see it all the time and go to people's houses and like, there's this weird competition between spouses over who's liked more, who's more liked by the kids or, or liked by the friends or who gets more credit for when people come over and cut the fucking cake, who the fuck cares? It's ridiculous. And if people seem I'm upset, I am really upset. I can't even believe in my life that we really spend our time doing this with our lives. And if you want to lead, then lead. But if you don't, don't tear apart the structure. What the heck? 
Like you don't want leaders in your life. If you're not going to lead, don't tear down the leaders because someone needs to lead. And if it's not going to be you, why are you tearing it down? It makes no sense. It's not logical, certainly not reality-based. Yet we all think how logical we are in today's society and how we're so real and woke up. We aren't woke up to shit. Other than that, we're all extremely, extremely, extremely mean towards one another. That's it. I mean, in our homes, in our relationships, in our business environment, we, we like people, we do whatever, but we are so quick to gossip and we are so quick to tear people down in this world. We do it on our news. We do it everywhere. I can't find a single channel or television show where it doesn't model it anymore. I don't even turn on the TV. I'm so appalled. I'm like, what is this stuff? New TV show comes out. Oh, it's either putting down a man or putting down a woman or putting down a non-gay person or putting down a gay person or whatever. Or, you know, we're now promoting unhealthy people. You know, it's great to be unhealthy. What are we doing? That's leadership. I'm just confused. And I'm upset, obviously. And the worst part about it is I normally wouldn't care. But the fact that it's starting to creep into the business and creep into my home and creep into my kids' futures, I'm like, what are we doing? And I have a voice. And most people are going to hate me. And I've come to the fact that, you know, there's the 20-80-20 rule. And I'm just going to have to live that way. And so 20 people will like it. 80% of the people don't care. And 20% of people are going to hate it. Right? So if I can help 20% and if the 20% people that hate it and actually listen, I can convince some of them otherwise, great. But I want everyone to think about, I'm not trying to convince anyone of anything other than I'm convincing you to freely think about the decisions that you're making and the long-term impact it has. And it's cliche, but we are too quick to get the quick boost, the quick serotonin boost, the quick whatever it's cliche we've been talking about for years, but you know, we're trending now into the well-being of humans. Everyone's talking about the well-being of humans at work, the well-being of a human. The well-being of a human is having a safe leadership structure to grow in, where it is both uncomfortable and comfortable at the same time, where the person can be loved and be pushed hard in the same way because love is both soft and hard especially if you're a Christian and you've read the Bible. Love is both righteousness and patience. So leading your righteousness is not voicing an opinion that goes against everyone. If you watch history, we've done it for thousands of years. We've thrown coops, we've thrown overthrown governments. Great. Maybe there's places for it. Maybe you're trying to overthrow the hierarchy in your company. I just want you to think about what is it that you're trying to overthrow and what would be left once you get there? Because I can tell you in any military dictatorship that takes over a government, all you're doing is now waiting for the next person to get the same idea because you proved it was possible. Humans get ideas off of our patterns. That's how we influence each other. It's our patterns. And if we're negative in our leadership and we're tearing around the hierarchy, it's contagious. 
And if you're constantly challenging your boss in front of people and challenging the way things are done in front of people versus a closed group or, or maybe having a discussion with your boss and boss's boss or whoever, then fine. But if it's not being done, your resources that you're giving to the company, you're rowing your boat in a circle while the rest of the company is rowing its boat forward, getting ready for the next attack it has to go through in life. Because here's what people don't understand when you're in the moment and you're tearing down leadership in your hierarchies, is you think right now it needs to be done. But what you don't understand is that hierarchy is in a place to sustain the storms, to sustain the battles, to sustain what would ever happen if everyone in that organization got wiped out by listeria in a food facility, for example. Let's say we all got wiped out. There needs to be a leadership structure and the respect for it and the positions in place for whoever's left to be able to lead from. Because without it, it doesn't exist. Why do you think we have so many backup plans as the U.S. government? The president dies, the vice president, the vice president dies, you know, so on and so forth. Majority of the House, I believe. I should probably know that. I believe that's what it is now. So I have to look. I hope that never happens. Anything you want to add in there, Elena, since I really went on a tangent there? No, I think that that all made a lot of sense. Um, I think you shared a lot about insubordination, and I think that that is probably a topic that we could dive more into uh, individually. But I think, you know, there was obviously a lot of information for me to go off of. So I was just taking everything in. Um, but I think, you know, when it comes to the topic, when it comes to deteriorating leadership um, and just hierarchies in general, it it is interesting compared to a couple episodes ago, we talked about management versus leadership. And I think that that plays a role into hierarchies as well and how different you know, systems are run within companies and corporations. So maybe we can dive into that on another episode, um, specifically, you know, going into the insubordination and just being able to, you know, walk through those, those situations, because that obviously is something you deal with when you're in leadership. But, and as far as hierarchies go, you know, some people would say that they prefer a level of leadership where everyone is equal and everyone is the same. Um, but I think that in some companies and in some organizations, it is preferred, you know, to have some sort of hierarchy, to have some sort of, you know, not levels of leadership, obviously, but to have, you know, to function within those hierarchies so that you always, you know, it's an understood separation of power, which is a bad way to say it, but you know, in, in the most non-negative way is how I mean that I'm just trying to get my words out. Um, but I think that, you know, hierarchies aren't necessarily a bad thing. Um, and it is easy to deteriorate leadership within them if, you know, without being careful. So it definitely was an interesting topic. I don't know if anything that I said made sense to you, but I was just trying to get across, you know, the point that hierarchies aren't necessarily a bad thing. It can be, you know, used for good and especially in leadership when used correctly. 
And I mean, here's the the way I see it. If if anyone's like, oh, you just told us all the things not to do. So here's what I'm telling you what to do. Here's what I find that works. And one the successful companies and successful organizations, it's this simple. You want the opinion of the employees to be heard and you want leadership structure. It's very simple. You set it up where I don't care what you what your opinion is, right? It doesn't matter right now. I'm going to give you a task, okay? If you don't know who to, how to do that task, I will teach you that task however long it takes for you to learn it. Once you've learned it and you've done it a few times by yourself, then I am open to, on how to improve that task. And you can lead in that way. But before you ever get the task to say it's not going to work or whatever, when it's worked for 24 years or whatever, it's a little interesting, right? It's not a real argument. And the person that looks like a fool is not me because I'm being hard on you or I'm the, the mean guy who's being mean to the employee. At the end of the day, the, at the end of the day, who wins? It's not me because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what people think. At the end of the day, it matters that you are not doing your job. And at the end of the day, you're robbing yourself by not doing it. And at the end of the day, you had a chance to learn something and lead in a way and go out and possibly learn more and not only learn the way it was done, but possibly own it yourself and own a better version of it and come back. But just to say, no, like no one's going to trust you and you're not going to earn leadership because guess what? No one trusts a leader who's never been through it right? It's very hard to trust a leader who doesn't know the business. It's like when Ford brought in the Boeing guy who's still there, I believe. The company's been a little bit weird. It's still like, what's going on here? What's happening to Ford Motors? Like, you know, no one wants to say it because they're afraid of shaking the stock market price, but I definitely know, okay? Like, I agree he can have a skill that transfers from manufacturing to manufacturing. I am just not sure that right now in the short term it works, but we don't know long-term damage of leadership. So to your point, Elaine, I think one of the things we deal with now is we jump from job to job and we jump from activity to activity or social media to social media or event to event. We often forget the long-term impact of the things that we do or the long-term impact we could have, or in some cases, the long-term impact we will never have because we don't take any initiative. So. I think from a leadership structure, it's if you want leaders to succeed and you want to build something successful and you want to not create insubordination, you got to give an environment for people's voices to be heard, but there has to be trust built. It's not a family. Trust is not just earned inherently. It's a business. And even your family, I would argue you should probably not inherently trust someone. Look what happened to me. So what I'm saying is like leadership is built on trust and trust is built on discipline and discipline is built on long-term action. And we trust people when we see someone continually do that action right over time. I will then be able to trust what you say. I will then be able to understand that you can lead and I can then help you lead and rise up in the organization to possibly be me and the CEO of the company. Great. But to erode the steps and the stairs and the structures and leadership structures that have proven to work for thousands of years, it seems silly. And I get it. We're trying to invent new things and do new things. But inherently, 
you can't have a visionary business and a driven business without visionary leaders. And most likely it's an alpha male or female, especially if it's an entrepreneurial business or two alphas. I just have not seen many entrepreneurs or business people or CEOs or high-level executives that aren't alphas. And so people want to be led. They criticize leadership a lot, but they do want to be led or they would lead themselves. So I understand it. And I'm not saying anyone shouldn't have a voice. I'm just saying there's ways to give your voice credibility and there's ways to do it without tearing down a hierarchy. And there's ways to do it in your family without tearing down your family. But name calling, personal attacking, insubordination, gossiping, you know, saying you're gonna do something and then not doing it. And when you don't do something, using excuses like using excuses we've talked about it in one of our episodes like the excuse driven generation that there's an excuse and that's the solution instead of a real solution to the problem like that's a big leadership eroder where we allow people to give an excuse instead of a solution there's an excuse why it's not done not why not that it has been done you know, dog ate the homework used to be a joke. Now it's a real thing. People use excuses to get out of their homework like it's going out of style. No F, fail, done, duh. Like, come on. Life is not very fair. Life is very black and white. That's why most people don't stand up because the minute they start to stand up, they get hit down for the first time. They learn their first lesson and they never stand up again. That's why that's, they find it better to talk behind people's backs because they're too afraid to step up and do it. So, or they say that the person's not safe or they can't do it or it's the other person's fault. It's your fault. You know, so blame is the other part of tearing down a hierarchy. When we don't keep our sides of the street clean and worry about ourselves first and what we can do for us, we can do for the world, we can do for our organization, what we can do to help make our leaders succeed better because the better our leaders do, the better that leadership is, the better that company is, the more money that position plays, and the better likelihood I have to get up to that position. So if I'm building leadership along the way up the hierarchy, and I'm hoping to be the CEO, or I'm hoping to be a leader in the company, I want to do that because I'm rising up the positions and their values. But we tear it down. I don't know why, but we tear down other humans. And I would say essentially the most other one is we tear down humans when they're doing better than we are when they're more disciplined than we are, when they're healthier than we are, when they're living a better life than we are, we compare our lives and we tear them down instead of doing something different with our lives. We compare and we attack. We compare and we attack. We compare and attack. We do it on social media, we do it in our businesses, we do it in our homes. We compare and we attack. This person's got it better than me. How unfair is that? Compare, attack. It's not your job to have a different job than you. Compare, attack. You know, it doesn't matter what you say. I mean, shit, I've, in 20 years, I had never been called a name at work in my life. Last four years, it goes on without said. I can expect it. Out of the harder group that I deal with. 
I can expect it out of my insubordinate group. I can expect it out of my harder groups. Do I allow it to go on? No, but I've got some hard decisions to make, right? Everyone does when they get here. Do you allow it to eat away at company and all of your employees and all their families and all their finances, or do you try to do something better? Because I think at this point, if you're where I am and you allowed to start to lead through it and and see the pushback you know it's not everyone but you would see that it's not something you want and it can happen to anyone in any business at any time no matter how strong your culture is and once people start openly challenging leadership and eating away at it it's okay to do it's just how you do it once they start doing it in an open forum you're starting to lose the culture of your company and you need to figure it out and you can put leadership structures in place but what i have found is the harder we've trained leaders the more i've squeezed out these quote unquote non-leaders or what i would also call it freeloaders which is an interesting thing also that probably exists in the company and didn't cause any problems because they weren't being challenged well, the minute we start growing as a company and focusing more and challenging more and giving more focus on people's jobs, I now have problems. And so some of them are also the ones of the individuals that we're asking to step up or lead or use their expertise to lead individuals in the organization. And instead of doing that, we get pushback. So future partners will be fine and we know how to get through it it's unfortunate and it's hard and it's sad but like you have no choice but to make these decisions when someone's going to hurt other people in your organization i don't care if it hurts me call me names all day long i don't like it i will fight back i certainly will do it logically and not with name calling but like to take out all the innocent people by your wrath it seems silly and to push your leaders around and ruin their days and you know cause hysteria when they need to be running and have running a successful business you're not doing yourself a favor for your own income and you're not doing any favor for anyone that's in the hierarchy or in leadership positions or not leadership positions in the business you work for it's okay to ask for you want and stick up for yourself it's just the way that you do it you know and certainly i am a very strong-willed person and i lead with very strongly and i am very soft and loving but i'm also very hard and very drawing in a line in the sand i'm both but i'm that way to everyone and so do i worry that sometimes i'm too hard on someone that someone might be bad yeah because i'm holding them to him yeah but the thing is, is I'm the same to everyone and I love everyone the same, but I'm also hold everyone just as hard to the same expectations and toe to toe. If you come at me and it gets personal, I will stand toe to toe with you, no matter who you are. And that's not what people do, but I run my organization. I don't want the hierarchy to be ruined and I don't want you to feel it's okay to treat me that way. Therefore you can treat other people that are leaders that you work for that way also. So, if I have to set the standard that we don't treat people this way, then I will set the standard. And it comes off weird because in a way I'm pushing back just as hard as they are. And it looks like I'm just as bad as they are. But hey, I'm not going to allow it. And talking about it, 
guys or firing people doesn't get rid of gossip and doesn't get rid of negative culture. You have to work on the humans and then find out which humans are able to actually change and show that you're willing to work with them before you just cut people off. Because if you just cut them off, like, and they're the ones who truly aren't going to grow or learn, then everyone needs to see that, not just you. It's unfortunate and people are like, oh, you're a show or a spectacle. No, you did it. You didn't do your job. We've talked about it. You need to do showtime. You need to get your job done. How you do one thing is how you do everything. But eating away at a leadership structure because you don't want to do your job. Sad. Or eating away at a leadership structure because you don't want to travel for your job. Sad. You know, eating away at a leadership structure because you made a commitment to a job and yet you don't suddenly want to do it because something else came up, not leadership. That's taking away from leadership. The biggest thing that we suffer from, and I, and I keep saying this, is we've lost the ability to actually say what we mean and do what we say. Because no matter what I say, it's construed by people. So I don't get to actually what I mean anymore. No matter what I say, someone is going to twist in some offense. No matter what, all my, all my, everyone's arguments these days, it's become human nature in the United States, especially. Criticism, life, we turn it on the person instead of saying, hey, maybe I did do that. Maybe I am being a prick, which I can be a lot of the time. I said I just the same to everyone. I'm sure people hate me, but here's how I feel about it. Leaders are not liked people. They never will be. They never have been. Okay. Abraham Lincoln, not supported by everyone. Donald Trump recently, not supported by everyone. Obama, not supported by everyone if we went across the other party line. Okay, let's go outside of that. Jesus, not supported by everyone, only 2 billion out of the 8 billion, still. It's just ridiculous. We, in, in knowing that we don't need to support everyone and whatever, we just don't need to erode it, you know? And things like we did it as humans, and all we're talking about religious, fighting over the Holy Land, Christians fighting for Islams and Islams fighting for Christianity did nothing for either religion. Jerusalem and the Palestinians fighting with Jews and Jews fighting with the Palestinians, not doing anything. I get right and I get birthright and I get holy, whatever. But if you truly believe in God, isn't it meant for everyone? If you're truly a loving human, aren't you about all humans? If you're truly a leader and believe in the best leadership structure, Shouldn't you support leading so you can one day lead if you really believe that it's, it's wrong? The thing about it, and I'm using a lot of you statements because I'm putting the onus back on the individuals listening to the podcast and on myself as I do. I put the onus back on me as a leader. Um, but I feel if I don't say anything and I feel that if we don't, talk about it i really hope i didn't use a lot of paused words in there but i was very fired up
now that I just think about it, the, the thing about hierarchies and the thing about why they are important and and why it's important to have structures and leaders it doesn't leadership doesn't mean power over someone and while i think when i'm saying and people are going to be like yeah you're saying that when you say yeah it's your job do your job i didn't agree to do the job you did and so me asking you to do your job is not me exercising power over you it's what you agreed to. You agreed to do it. You agreed to a boss. You agreed to the organization. You agreed to do your job. And so it's a funny scenario where we're now negotiating from a different point of view. Like, you're making me do this. No, you agreed to your job. Like, we need to really think about that as humans. Like, we get so ornery about our bosses and stuff you agreed to that position and hence taking a position and working for a boss you inherently were agreeing to be told what to do in your job like how do we not see that how do we not know that how do we expect it otherwise and i agree the world would be great if all of us were equal and democracy was whatever and everyone was free it's just the problem is is in the world in yin and yang and in everything and every religion that we understand that there has to be the balance of good and evil in the human in the world in the hierarchy in whatever and what hierarchies do is they allow the goodness to exist if properly done and not abused they allow the goodness to exist and the light to shine in every individual it means that everyone's voice is heard as long as all the individuals agree to the trial, we earn it, and then you come back and you say, hey, I earned it. That's how leaders are built. You don't become captain of the soccer team without knowing how to play soccer. You don't become, you know, president of the book club without reading books. So if you want to be the boss, you first have to be led. And in order to be led, and if you want people to respect you and respect your leadership, you have to be able to lead in a way that's both heard, but also hard. Because you've got to be able to get them to do the job that they agreed to, right? And if they decide they don't want to, that's not your fault. You're just trying to get them to do what they agreed to. And that's probably the wrong phrase of the word, not get get them to do it like I'm forcing them. But the reality is, as a manager, you're trying to manage them doing their job properly. And as a leader, you're trying to make sure everyone who leads is leading their boat in the right direction. And if they aren't, it's very hard for them to succeed in the world that they're in. It's unfortunate. But maybe there's a different organization or a different country or a different friendship group. That's why we have 8 billion people and so many businesses. We get to choose. But if you're in a place you like and love and you want to lead in, you need to invest in the structure. And if you're one of those ones that want to bounce around to different companies and try different jobs and not longevity, where the leadership structure for you is more of hopscotch than actual building, where you're jumping from one thing to another versus actually building the things that you're climbing on, it's different. And here nor there, I agree, you should go take care of your family and go get more money and jump from job to job to job to job. 
if that's what you want to do and that's your legacy and you need to take care of your family, all of us should, we should not be poor. But what I am saying is if you can have a purpose and you find a mission, you find someone you want to work for and you want to be a leader, it's the consistency in that place, in that organization, in that community over a long period of time. And even 24 years at Food Service Partners, I still struggle with it. There's days I will tell you guys, I do not want to do it. Why? Because this type of stuff that we're talking about, the tearing down of the hierarchical structure. I can lead every day, no matter what, get through anything. But the part that hurts me the most as what I do is when people try to tear down the things that were built by other people, not only me, but a majority of the other people they work with. And those people have built it along the way as a growing entrepreneurial company. We had to build as we flew the plane. It isn't like it was built and we got to go there. You never get that as a company that grows or has been around for 24 years. You have to build the steps. I would just say the leaders that really lead in the long run are the ones that stay disciplined. They stay disciplined to their sport or to their organization. Um, and they don't get caught up in the negative human natures, I'll call them. And they don't erode the leadership structures because they themselves want to lead in that structure one day. And in family businesses, I will say that um, from my own experience, I relate to a lot of people who have come to me and asked me questions like this, particularly on the hierarchy and in family businesses and what happens with the eroding of family members, because I deal with a lot of family members. I would say for the most part that most of the family members I've had involved in the organization follow the hierarchy. Um, I find it that there's married couples in the organization that have ended up working for each other or different parts of the hierarchy or dotted line responsibilities that have caused major conflict. It's usually not the family members necessarily. Um, sometimes it's children that will take advantage um, or believe they deserve something or earned it. Uh, there's that. But I think um, more so than not, it's that people can't separate that you, when you're equal in your home, but not equal at work in terms of a hierarchy, not in terms of the person human and all being created equal in God and responsibilities at home. I just find that for people that are married or in relationships, um, the hardest part is at work, someone's higher in the hierarchy than they are. And that person can't distinguish between voicing their opinion at home and voicing their opinion at work. And that person, male or female, I've seen both ways, um, can't understand that at work, you're tearing apart your spouse's leadership position, hierarchy, by doing the things that you're doing. And if you really care about your future and your family, you shouldn't tear down your spouse or their leadership structure or take what's acceptable in your home as an equal relationship into your workplace. That's where I've seen it fail the most. And I've actually seen where most cultures 
are destroyed. It's the hardest part with married couple couples who can't differentiate home from work. And while I believe in common threads in life and common threads, if you're in that situation, your common thread is leadership and respect. Your common thread is your family. Your common thread is the business and that business's purpose you work for. You know, and your common thread is your family. So to tear each other apart at work seems silly to me, but I see it a lot. If you're a spouse and spouses or girlfriends or boyfriends in the business and they're in a different hierarchy, I know as relationships go on in my own personal experience that the more comfortable and open and safe you get in your relationship to work. That, that 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 person or that people in the relationships, while you want that and you want to demonstrate and love at work, one spouse may be, okay, I don't want that at work. I don't want attention and affection at work. Okay. But then yet on the other hand, the other spouse will do nothing but pick apart the other person at work or criticize them for work since they work together at the same company or do whatever. Um, okay. Well, you're not only now being infection at work, even though the leader doesn't mind or the person that's not a leader in the hierarchy doesn't mind or result, but now you're also turning the other person down. I, yeah, so, I mean, that's, I'm going to wrap it up with that. I would actually say that I'm the worst thing I've seen in tearing down the hierarchy. Um, it would be when a girlfriend, boyfriend, or boyfriend, boyfriend, or girlfriend, girlfriend, or married couple works in a business. Um, and their relationship starts turning because they don't separate work from home. And then they tear apart the leadership structure at work and at home. No, I mean, I just want to wrap it up. I just think that if I were really to, to say what hits home with me the most, um, and it's been whether it's a corporation or, um, and I saw it, my ex-wife worked at a corporation, a lot of people, they were young when they all started working there and a lot of young people worked there together. And, um, and then the business started doing well and people got promotions and started doing well and they started tearing each other apart. Um, and I've seen it at food service partners, um, with success and, and goals and whatever I've seen individuals tear each other apart. I just, I don't, I don't know how people do it. I don't know why people do it. Um, and the worst part of it is, is um, I've been friends with a lot of entrepreneurs who are really great entrepreneurs and ran a lot of great businesses to you know, relationships or spouses or whatever girls or boys who have torn them apart or tore the business apart because they couldn't separate home from work. And so, um, you know, we'll see what happens, but I would say that, um, you know, that if you're a leader, you're going to face this. And if you are building businesses and you really lead common threads like I do and try to have your family involved in everything, you will run into these problems. Um, and you build up your family and in your business and, everything you're going to have problems and in businesses where you have different cultures and diversity increasing in terms of education and background and what country and languages we speak, it only gets greater. You know, it becomes harder because there's that many differences between people that they focus on because of the comparison.
And the other part about working with a spouse or significant other or family that I will tell everyone is that in an organization that you have them, it's one of the biggest things. And I do realize it's the biggest problem. The biggest problem is actually not the family members. The biggest problem is actually the employees who go to the family members or the spouses or whatever and tear down the other person on a regular basis. And then that person carries that familiness, that negativity towards a family member or a spouse home with them. And it becomes their home life also. That's the problem with the family business. It's not the person working hard or whatever. That's the cliche. That's what everyone says. It's true. There's some of that, but I have actually found that um, more times than not, um, spouses or family members, they don't separate it and they take people's opinions at work as the opinion they should have of their spouse or girlfriend or sister or brother also, and it tears them apart. So good luck, everyone. I, you know, but, and I know this has been extremely negative-ish podcast but it's, I don't know how else to put it. And from where I'm sitting right now, I don't know how else to make it positive. Other than that, I'm afraid for it. And I think that anyone who's in a relationship or in business or struggling with this can understand where I'm coming from. So thank you, Elena. I appreciate it. And thank you really, Elena, for all the hard work. I know you're going to have to edit the shit out of this episode. So I apologize. No problem. Thank I'm excited to get this edited and get it out to everyone. And thanks for sharing just honestly and openly about, you know, your own struggles and how this topic relates to real life. I think it'll be really helpful. So thank you guys so much for being a part of our community here. Please follow us over on Instagram at Centurion Leadership Battalion. And you can also join our email list, which will be in the description of this podcast. And we would love to hear from you on any questions you would like us to answer, any topics you'd like to hear more about. And please leave a rating and review if you could take a moment to do so on wherever you stream the podcast. We would greatly appreciate all of your feedback. So thank you so much. And we will talk to you next time.